0: Uh, Well, welcome listeners to uh, the second Thoroughbred Breeders Australia podcast on the coronavirus and impacts on business. Uh, I'm Tom Riley, Chief Executive of Thoroughbred Breeders Australia, and I'm joined by Adam Timms, who is our Honorary Treasurer. Hello, Adam.
1: Hello, Tom.
0: Uh, So Adam uh, has his own uh, accountancy firm. Stable Financial, which deals solely in the thoroughbred area. So um, has been doing a huge amount of work, both uh, for his clients, but also uh, pro bono for TBA. Um, and I really thought it'd be good to have another chat about one area of government assistance, uh, and that's the JobKeeper. Adam, it's, a, it, it's in terms of the assistance out
1: there for businesses, this is probably the big one, isn't it? Well, it's $130 billion, so it's uh, massive. You know, I think it could have even been the largest ever. So, um, yeah, it's it's a game changer for some, I think. But, yeah, we've got to get it right. So um, yeah. thanks for, thanks for uh, inviting me on today and, and uh, welcome to everyone.
0: And I think, you know, before this was announced, one of the things that TBA was saying to government was that some form of wage subsidy uh, was was something that was really needed because we've got a business where, you know, it is uh, – we need a lot of people to look after the horses and, you know, even if your income's slashed, you need those people to be able to look after after the animals. So I think we were one of the industries where this was sort of most needed. Um, it's obviously been put together very quickly. It's not without complications, is it, Adam?
1: Look, I, I compare it a bit to the GST when it, it started in 2000. Uh, at the time, uh, if you're old enough, you remember it was – almost as if the world was going to end. Um, but, but now it's, it's like second nature, and, and this is a bit the same. I, I think uh, uh, it's, it's very new, of course, uh, and there's some, some real risk of getting it wrong because if you are overpaid, uh, if your subsidy is overpaid, then you'll be required to pay that back with interest and penalties. So um, it, it, it's not straightforward. It, it, it's self-assessed as well. So um, that's probably the complicating part, Tom.
0: Okay. So let's sort of kick off with some of the basics. I think a lot of people will know that it's um, up to $1,500 per fortnight and that's going to be paid. Is that money going to go directly from the government to employers or directly to employees?
1: No, it goes to the employees via the employer. So this scheme and and along with a lot of the others that have been announced recently, encourages uh, cooperation of employer-employee. And this is one example. Um, it is in arrears, uh, but it will be paid eventually to eligible employers that uh, meet the conditions.
0: Okay. And, and you mentioned conditions. What are the criteria for your business to be eligible?
1: So for an employer, um, they, they need to uh, have been in business uh, at 1 March 2020 and had that's, that's the critical date, so your employees are on the books at 1 March 2020. Uh, the, the the basic test or the main test is to look at your GST turnover um, relative to a prior period. So um, the GST turnover is what you would know as a tax invoice, a taxable supply, plus um, any GST-free export. So for horse industry, uh, exports of horses need to be included. Um, but... But probably the, the interesting part, Tom, is the, the test period. So uh, how do we determine uh, if our revenue uh, now, which needs to be a, a significant drop of at least 30% uh, compared to the prior period the year before? Okay. Uh, so we're looking, we're looking, you know,
0: your revenue, in simple terms, your revenue has dropped 30% in the same time period as, as, as last year. Obviously, in the breeding industry, um, let's take Melbourne Premier, for example, uh, the sale started, I think, on the 1st of March, um, really probably before the full impacts of coronavirus were being felt in the economy. Um, so lots of people might have had a, a, a good sale. They're only now receiving uh, the revenue from that sale, obviously mm. 42 days, you know, standard terms, coming into accounts now. Mm. Um, can you can you say that that, that revenue was... Uh, was received in early March or does
1: it count now when your business might not be going anywhere near as well? Yeah, no, good question. And um, look, the, the test period, I might just take this this fortnight we're in for an example. So the, the JobKeeper is based on fortnights that have been determined by the tax office commencing the 30th of March. So the one that we're in at the moment is 12th of April to the 26th of April. Um, if you want to test your eligibility for that, that fortnight, you have two options one is to test the month of April compared to the year before or to test the quarter June quarter 2020 with the corresponding June quarter 2019 so those test periods just important to mention that but to to your question Tom um, you also need to use a method of, of calculating that income as to either on a cash basis or an accruals basis, and that will depend on whether you account for GST on a cash basis or an accruals basis in your normal business activity statement. So with the example you gave, Melbourne Premier, uh, the accruals basis may be in that, that month of March. Uh, however, if you're accounting on a cash basis, that cash was received in April. So um, as we go along testing each each fortnight, um, uh that that is a that is a point and, and horse sales as we know can be significant in in their their overall impact on on the total level of sales for for a business or an employer
0: yeah yeah now, can make a real a, difference absolutely uh, and if you're in the, the the position whereby your business does qualify does that mean that all of your staff are eligible or are there some restrictions on that
1: well for what you need to do is determine of of my employees who is who's defined as an eligible employee, so they need to obviously be employed during the fortnight. That's that's a question. Uh, be on the books at first of March, as I explained. Be at least 16 years of age, full time, part time, or long term casual, Australian citizen uh, or a visa holder, etc. Um, importantly, for the employee, they can only nominate one employer. So you need to work in with your employee. And, in fact, they will need it. they'll have a nomination form they'll need to complete to, to say, yep, I'm nominating you, employer. That's obviously relevant if there was more than one employer. But, um, yeah, to be an eligible employee, you need to assess all those, those things.
0: Okay. But that's a pretty straightforward sort of uh, – it should be pretty straightforward as to who in your staff would be eligible and who wouldn't be.
1: Agree. Agree.
0: Yeah. Now, again, I think a lot of people would have already heard that this is open for for six months. When does that period end?
1: Well, it started 30th of March. So I think it it ends up being around the 27th of September. Um, So you only need to test your eligibility as an employer once. So it might be you're in April and as I said, you're testing April and you're testing the quarter of June and you're not eligible. So your income's not more than 30% down. Uh, it doesn't mean that you won't come into the system at some point in the future because you, you might look at that, that, that fortnight in March or in May um, or June, for example, circumstances may change and you can keep testing. Like even it might be July 2020, the first time that you test that you're, you, you meet the criteria, that you then would apply or enrol in the system. What that would mean, though, is that you miss the JobKeeper payments uh, for the for the periods of time that happened before that. So they're not paid retros- retrospectively. Sure.
0: Okay. Um, now, I think one thing that's pretty important. There's a deadline coming up, isn't there? Um, Can you just tell us about
1: that? Yeah. So enrollment's only started on Monday, uh, and the 30th of April next Thursday is the deadline for. Uh, enrolling if you believe that you're entitled to enrol uh, for the month of April. So um, as I said it doesn't mean that you won't get into the system in the future but it's for that month of April you, you haven't got much time at all. You've got to get nomination forms from your employees etc um, and the time time is ticking.
0: Yeah. Now I know obviously yourself and the team at Stable Financial have been working really hard on behalf of your clients making sure they're prepared and and those who are eligible are Uh, signed up for the scheme. Is this something that you can do quickly or do you need to set aside a bit of time to do this?
1: Look, uh, I highly encourage you working with your accountant. Every case is different, as you say, Tom. Um, The the time-consuming part might just be, be testing that eligibility for the employer around the turnover, the GST turnover, because you can't just simply grab a number from the from the sky you've got to dig deep into your accounting records and make sure there are no anomalies or adjustments that need to be made and and when you think about it if you're comparing June quarter uh, 2020 to June quarter 2019 as we sit here on the 22nd of April we're not we're projecting that income so it's an estimate of the income uh, and that has to be very soundly based the estimate, and you would need to have strong support for the reasons why you think your income is that for each of the months of April, May, and June, in that example, so it is sure. it 's self assessed and it 's an estimate of projected uh, uh,
0: and to sign your business up, do you need to have that documentation signed by your employees as well at that stage
1: yeah so one of the one of the conditions of of uh, of the re- registration process is yes, each employee needs to set to fill in a nomination form that's pre-populated by the ATO. Uh, You obviously need to inform your employees that you intend to – that you're eligible for JobKeeper, you intend to enrol. So you would um, notify them, send them the nomination notice. You need to keep that notice on file or keep it with your tax agent. Um, And then um, when that's all in place, you would look to do the actual enrolment process. Okay. Uh... Okay.
0: what about what happens to a staff member, Yeah, you know, there might be someone who's on part-time uh, basis, maybe working one or two days a week, who doesn't get paid $1,500 a fortnight. Are they eligible?
1: Well, they would be eligible if they meet the criteria that I mentioned earlier for an eligible employee. So they're on the books at 1 March. Uh, they're permanent part-time. They're at least 16 years of age, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so if they're eligible... And the employee, employer, sorry, wants to to enrol. Then all those eligible employees form part of that JobKeeper program for that employer.
0: Okay, and then does that member of staff essentially get uh, uh, if they're working, let's say, one day a week, for example, uh, are they now going to get a big pay rise and and get paid fifteen hundred dollars a fortnight for doing their one day uh, one day a week, or as an employer, are you just going to pay them the same amount?
1: One of the conditions of of in receiving the JobKeeper uh, payment, and you you each fortnight need to, uh, sorry, confirm on a monthly basis with the ATO that you have done this, and and your payroll system will link in with the ATO, so we'll, they will know this. You need to have paid the fifteen hundred for each employee. So if you don't pay the $1,500, then you won't get the job keeper payment. An area that we're just trying to work with at the moment to get to the bottom of is, if you say you inadvertently um, paid an employee less than $1,500 or, or deliberately paid them less than 1500 does that put the whole JobKeeper payment in, in doubt for the rest of the staff or is it just for that one employee? So um, I don't have a definitive answer for that today, but that's something we're working on. and And these rules uh very very new and they are and they seem to be changing almost on a daily basis
0: okay and, and so let's say we've got the the staff member who's working one day a week we're now going to pay them fifteen hundred dollars a fortnight yep can i say to that staff member we well, are getting paid uh more uh yeah i want to see you back on the farm an extra two days a week or an extra two days a fortnight can i ask them to work more
1: uh I'll answer that one by saying I'm not an employment lawyer, but I, I do I do think you'll have you'll have, you will battle to to make them work that that extra for that for that uh, that money. That the the methodology there is that you're not going to be out of pocket as an employer. The the governor actually funding that fifteen hundred dollars, and the idea of JobKeeper is literally to keep people in work or on the books. So um, it, it makes sense that. Uh, it goes against the grain that somebody's not going to be working for that money, but that's the design of the, this program, which is limited to the six-month period.
0: Sure, sure. And I guess from, you know, hearing the treasurer on radio and, and interviews, you know, also hoping that this works as some sort of stimulus into the economy, so that people have more money in their pocket to, to spend, yeah. as well as securing jobs. Yeah. Uh, let's say I'm an an eligible employer, uh, and I have eligible and all my staff members are, let's say, eligible, meet that criteria too, do I have to put them all on?
1: Yeah, but I believe so, Tom. I believe so. If if you're deciding that you want to elect to be part of the JobKeeper system, um, each eligible employee would need to be part of the program.
0: Okay. Um, Now, a key question you touched on earlier, you said it's paid in arrears. When... Uh, as an employer, will I start seeing some government money? Because, mm. you know, potentially I'm paying out – my wage bill actually increased, you know, especially if you've got those, those casuals or part-time, sorry, who, who, who aren't earning that $1,500 a fortnight. I'm now essentially having to pay them at that level. Mm. When can I expect to see some money coming into the accounts?
1: Yeah, okay. So the first two fortnight periods, so the one we're in at the moment is on the, the 26th of April uh, – the payments for that period of time, the first month, if you like, will come through in the first two weeks of May. Uh, our discussions with the ATO, uh, that we, we expect that in the first week of May, but they do have up to two weeks to pay it. And if you fast forward into future fortnights, it'll be the same. So the fortnights that are in May, that'll be paid in the first week of June. The fortnights in June will be paid in the first week of July. So effectively, there's about a, a month in arrears
0: okay all right well look um it's not uh it, it, it's not the most straightforward of processes uh, i think it's really important to say and to emphasize again that um, I know you feel very strongly about this, that, that people should reach out and get their own advice because every, every situation is going to be different. That's right, isn't it? Well, absolutely.
1: I've got a fantastic team at Stable Financial and we're doing really well, but you, you've literally got 10 days to get this in place and there's a risk because what I don't want to see in six months' time is that uh, an employer is asked to pay the money back with interest and penalties and uh, there could be just a slight error in calculations on the eligibility, but... Uh, you need to be mindful too, that you need to maintain records for five years in this program. So the ATO can come looking and scrutinise within the next five years. And I dare say they will. Um, So just don't game the system. Um, And and also there's, there's the ability of the, the government to change the rules in the next six months. You know, there might, something might happen that they didn't envisage happening as part of their design of the system. And they have got the ability to change the rules. So, be mindful of that what what we're doing today might not be the case in a week or, or months time sure
0: okay and is there anything else that you think's relevant for people to to, to know or to, to hear uh,
1: look outside of those integrity measures um, Remembering the cash boost is over and above these jobkeepers, so uh, the, the cash boost is tied into your bas, and that's where the pay-you-go withholding will be covered by the government in 100 percent to a maximum of100,000 of dollars over six months. So they, the cash for that starts the 28th of April. So there really is some green, green sort of shoots around cash flow uh, for employees, employers at the moment. We've got the cash boost, and we've also got jobkeeper.
0: And the good thing about cash boost is that essentially it's all done for you, isn't
1: it? Exactly. You need to lodge your BAS um, and and it will be automatic through the ATO system. So because of the timing of of these measures, these stimulus measures, uh, they're using existing systems. uh, But look, uh, I just highly recommend you use your accountants in these areas. Um, That's not a sales pitch, Tom. It's just uh, this is what we do and and, um, we need to get it right for everyone.
0: Sure, and and I think even just talking through some of the the, the practicalities around JobKeeper, it's quite clear that it's not necessarily straightforward. Um, you know, working out whether you're an eligible business or not, um, you know, it's it's not something um, that that uh, that everyone's going to get their head around
1: straight away. No, and and look, thirty percent is a big big drop. You know, I think if you're down 30%, uh, there's, there's some fundamental issues there from a cash flow perspective. And, and, again, just the nature of the horse industry, we can have some, with seasonality and, and just when horses are actually sold um, year on year comparing, there can be some quite um, different and, and unusual outcomes. So, again, just t- spend some time on those tests for the eligibility. Okay.
0: All right. Well, look, Adam, thank you so much uh for for uh giving us your time and sharing your thoughts and thank you to everyone for listening as well
1: yeah that's a that's an absolute pleasure and i wish everyone the very best
0: okay well thank you very much and uh i think that brings us to an end thank you